0: Section thirty eight of For the Term of His Natural Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Magdalena Cook. For the Term of His Natural Life by Marcus Clark Book three Port Arthur, eighteen thirty eight. Chapter nine John Rex's Letter Home. The little gathering of which Mayor Vickers had spoken of to Mr. Meekin had grown into something larger than he had anticipated. Instead of a quiet dinner at which his own household, his daughter's betrothed, and the stranger clergyman only should be present, the Major found himself entangled with Miss Protherick and Jellicoe, Mr. McNab of the Garrison, and Mr. Pounce of the Civil List. His quiet Christmas dinner had grown into an evening party. The conversation was on the usual topic. "'Heard anything about that fellow Dawes?' asked Mr. Pounce. "'Not yet,' said Freer, sulkily. "'But he won't be out long. I've got a dozen men up the mountain.' "'I suppose it is not easy for a prisoner to make good his escape,' says Meekin. "'Oh, he needn't be caught,' says Freer, if that's what you mean. "'But he'll starve instead. "'The bush-ranging days are over now, "'and it's a precious poor lookout for any man to live upon luck in the bush.' "'Indeed, yes,' said Mr. Pounce, lapping his soup. "'This island seems specially adapted by Providence for a convict settlement, "'for, with admirable climate, it carries little indigenous vegetation "'which will support human life.' "'Well,' said McNabb to Sylvia, "'I don't think Providence had any thought of convict discipline "'when he created the colony of Van Diemen's Land.' "'Neither do I,' said Sylvia. "'I don't know,' says Mrs. Protherick poor prothery used to often say that it seemed as if some almighty hand had planned the penal settlements round the coast the country is so delightfully barren a port arthur couldn't have been better if it had been made on purpose says freer and all up the coast from temby to st helens there isn't a scrap for human being to make a meal on the west coast is worse by george sir in the old days i remember by the way says Meekin, i've got something to show you rex's confession i brought it down on purpose Rex's confession, his account of his adventures after he left Macquarie Harbour. I am going to send it to the bishop. Oh, I'd like to see that," said Sylvia with heightened color. The story of these unhappy men has a personal interest for me—a forbidden subject, Poppet. No, Papa, not altogether forbidden, for it does not affect me now as it used to do. You must let me read it, Mister Meakin. A pack of lies, I expect," said Freya with a scowl. That scoundrel Rex couldn't tell the truth to save his life. "'You misjudge him, Captain Freer,' said Meekin. "'All prisoners are not hardened iniquity like Rufus Dawes. Rex is, I believe, truly penitent, and has written a most touching letter to his father.' "'A letter,' says Vickers. "'You know that by the King's, no? The Queen's regulations? No letters are allowed to be sent to the friends of prisoners without first passing through the hands of the authorities.' I am aware of that, Major, and for that reason have brought it with me, that you may read it for yourself. It seems to me to breathe a spirit in true piety." "'Let's have a look at it,' said Frere. "'Here it is,' returned Meakin, producing a packet, and when the cloth is removed I will ask permission of the ladies to read it aloud. It is most interesting." A glance of surprise passed between the ladies Protherick and Jellicoe. The idea of a convict's letter proving interesting. Mr. Meekin was new to the ways of the place. Freer, turning the packet between his fingers, read the address. John Rex, Sr. Care of Mr. Blick's 38 Bishopsgate Street, within London. "'Why can't he write to his father direct?' said he. "'Who's Blick? "'A worthy merchant, I am told, in whose counting-house the fortunate Rex passed his younger days. He had a tolerable education, as you are aware.' "'Educated prisoners are always the worst,' said Vickers.' James, some more wine. We don't drink toasts here, but, as this is Christmas Eve, Her Majesty the Queen. Hear, 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 says Morris. Her Majesty the Queen. Having drunk this loyal toast with due fervor, Vickers proposed, His Excellency Sir John Franklin, which toast was likewise duly honoured. Here's a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you, sir, said Freer, with the letter still in his hand. God bless us all. Amen, said Meekin piously. Let us hope he will. And now, ladies, the letter. I will read you the confession afterwards. Opening the packet with the satisfaction of a gospel vineyard labourer who sees his first vine sprouting, the good creature began to read aloud. Hobart Town, December twenty seventh, eighteen thirty eight. My dear father, through all the chances, changes and vicissitudes of my checkered life, I never had a task so painful to my mangled feelings as the present one of addressing you from this doleful spot my sea-girt prison on the beach of which i stand a monument of destruction driven by the adverse winds of fate to the confines of black despair and into the vortex of galling misery poetical said frere i am just like a gigantic tree of the forest which has stood many a wintry blast and stormy tempest but now alas i am become a withered trunk with all my greenest and tenderest branches lopped off Though fast attaining middle age, I am not filling an envied and honoured post with credit and respect. No, I shall soon be wearing the garb of degradation, and the badge and brand of infamy in PA, which is, being interpreted, Port Arthur, the villain's home. "'Poor fellow!' said Sylvia. "'Touching, is it not?' assented Meekin, continuing. "'I am with a heart-rending sorrow and anguish of soul, ranged and mingled with the outcasts of society.' My present circumstances and pictures you will find well, and truly drawn in the hundred-and-second psalm, commencing with the fourth verse to the twelfth, inclusive, which, my dear father, I request you will read attentively before you proceed any further. "'Hello,' said Freer, pulling out his pocket-book. "'What's that? Read those numbers again.' Mr. Meekin complied, and Freer grinned. "'Go on,' he said. "'I'll show you something in that letter directly.' Oh, my dear father, avoid, I beg of you, the reading of profane books. Let your mind dwell upon holy things, and assiduously study to grow in grace. Psalm 73, two. Yet I hope even in this day my desolate condition. Psalm 15.18 For the Lord our God is merciful, and inclineth his ear unto pity. Blasphemous dog, said Vickers. You don't believe all that meekin', do you? the parson reproved him gently wait a moment sir until i have finished party spirits runs very high even in prison in van diemen's land i am sorry to say that a licentious press invariably evinces a very great degree of contumely while the authorities are held in respect by all well-disposed persons though it is often endeavoured by some to bring on them the hatred and contempt of prisoners but i am glad to tell you that all their efforts are without avail but nevertheless do not read in any colonial newspaper. There is so much scurrility and vituperation in their productions. "'That's for your benefit, Frey,' said Vickers, with a smile. "'You remember what was said about your presence at the race-meetings?' "'Of course,' said Frey. "'Artful scoundrel. "'Go on, Mr. Meakin, pray.' "'I am aware that you will hear accounts of cruelty and tyranny,' said by the malicious and the evil-minded haters of the government and government officials." to have been inflicted by jailers on convicts. To be candid, this is not the dreadful place it has been represented to be by vindictive writers. Severe flogging and heavy chaining is sometimes used, no doubt, but only in rare cases, and nominal punishments are marked out by law for slight breaches of discipline. So far as I have an opportunity of judging, the lash is never bestowed unless merited. As far as he is concerned, I don't doubt it, said freia cracking a walnut the texts of scripture quoted by our chaplain have comforted me much and i have been much grateful for for after the rash attempt i made to secure my freedom i have reason to be thankful for the mercy shown to me death dreadful death of soul and body would have been my portion but by the mercy of omnipotence i have been spared to repentance john 3 i have now come to bitterness The chaplain, a pious gentleman, says it never really pays to steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. Honesty is the best policy, I am convinced, and I would not for a thousand pounds repeat my evil courses. Psalm 38.14 When I think of the happy days I once passed with good Mr. Blix in the old house in Blue Anchor Yard, and reflect that since that happy time I have recklessly plunged in sin. AND STOLEN GOODS AND WATCHES, STUDS, RINGS, AND JEWELRY BECOME, INDEED, A COMMON THIEF, I TREMBLE WITH REMORSE AND FLY TO PRAYER. PSALM 5 O, oh, WHAT SINNERS WE ARE! LET ME HOPE THAT NOW I, BY GOD'S BLESSING, PLACED BEYOND TEMPTATION, WILL LIVE SAFELY, AND THAT SOME DAY I EVEN MAY, BY THE WILL OF THE LORD JESUS, FIND MERCY FOR MY SINS. SOME KIND OF MADNESS HAS METHOD IN IT, BUT MADNESS OF SIN HOLDS US WITHOUT ESCAPE such is dear father then my hope and trust for my remaining life here psalm one hundred seventy four i owe my bodily well-being to captain Maurice frere who was good enough to speak of my conduct in reference to the osprey when with shears barker and others we captured that vessel pray for captain frere my dear father he is a good man and though his public duty is painful and trying to his feelings, yet, as a public functionary, he could not allow his private feelings, whether of mercy or revenge, to step between him and his duty. "'Confound the rascal!' said Freer, growing crimson. "'Remember me most affectionately to Sarah and little William, and all friends who yet cherish the recollection of me, and bid them to take warning by my fate and keep from evil courses.' A good conscience is better than gold, and no amount can compensate for the misery incident to a return to crime. Whether I shall ever see you again, dear father, is more than uncertain, for my doom is life, unless the government alter their plans concerning me and allow me an opportunity to earn my freedom by hard work. The blessing of God rests with you, my dear father, and that you may be washed white in the blood of the Lamb is the prayer of your unfortunate son. John Rex P.S. "'Though your sins be a scarlet, they shall be whiter than snow.' "'Is that all?' said Frere. "'That is all, sir, and a very touching letter it is.' "'So it is,' said Frere. "'Now, let me have a moment, Mr. Meekin. He took the paper, and, referring to the numbers of the text which he had written in his pocket-book, began to knit his brows over Mr. John Rex's impious and hypocritical production. "'I thought so,' he said at length. Those texts were never written for nothing. It's an old trick, but cleverly done. What do you mean? said Mr. Meekin. Mean, cries Freer, with a smile at his own acuteness. This precious composition contains a very gratifying piece of intelligence for Mr. Blix, whoever he is. Some receiver, I've no doubt. Look here, Mr. Meekin. Take the letter and this pencil, and begin at the first text. The hundred and second psalm, from the fourth verse to the twelfth inclusive, doesn't he say? very good that's nine verses isn't it well now underscore nine consecutive words from the second word immediately following to the next text quoted i have hope etc have you got it yes says meek astonished while all heads bent over the table well now his text is the 18th verse of the 35th psalm isn't it count 18 words on then underscore five consecutive ones you've done that a moment Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Authorities. Count and score in the same way until you come to the word text somewhere. Vickers, I'll trouble you for the claret. Yes, said Meekin after a pause. Here it is. The text of scripture quoted by our chaplain. But surely, Mr. Freer. Hold on a bit now, cries Freer. What's the next quotation? John 3? That's every third word. Score every third word beginning with T, immediately following the text now until you come to a quotation got it how many words in it lay out for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt said meekin a little scandalized fourteen words count fourteen words on then score the fourteenth i'm up to this text quoting business the word a thousand pounds said meekin yes then there's another text thirty-eighth isn't it psalm and the fourteenth verse do that same way as the other, count fourteen words and then score eight in succession. Where does that bring you? The fifth psalm. Every fifth word then. Go on, my dear sir, go on. Method of escape, yes. The hundredth psalm means a full stop. What verse, seventy-four? Count seventy-four words and score. There was a pause for a few minutes while Mr. Meekin counted. The letter had really turned out interesting. Read out your marked words now, Meakin, let's see if I'm right. Mr. Meakin read with gradually crimsoning face. I have hope even in this my desolate condition, in prison Van Diemen's land. The authorities are held, hatred and contempt of prisoners. Read in any colonial newspaper, accounts of cruelty and tyranny, inflicted by jailers on convicts, severe flogging and heavy chaining, for slight breaches of discipline i come the pious it pays one thousand pounds in the old house in blue anchor yard stolen goods and watches studs rings and jewelry are now placed safely i will find some method of escape then for revenge well said morris looking round with a grin what do you think of that most remarkable said mr pounce how did you find it out freer oh it's nothing says freer meaning that it was a great deal i've studied a good many of these things and this one is clumsy to some i've seen but it's pious isn't it meekin mr meekin arose in wrath. it's very ungracious on your part captain freer a capital joke i have no doubt but permit me to say i do not like jesting on such matters this poor fellow's letter to his aged father to be made the subject of heartless merriment, I confess I do not understand. It was confided to me in my sacred character as Christian pastor. That's just it. The fellows play upon the Parsons, don't you know? And under cover of your sacred character play all kinds of pranks. How the dog must have chuckled when he gave you that. Captain Freer, said Mr. Meekin, changing colour like a chameleon with indignation and rage, YOUR INTERPRETATION IS, I'M CONVINCED, AN INCORRECT ONE. HOW COULD THE POOR MAN COMPOSE SUCH AN INGENIOUS PIECE OF CRYPTOGRAPHY? IF YOU MEAN FAKE UP THAT PAPER, RETURNED FREER, UNCONSCIOUSLY DROPPING INTO PRISON SLANG, I'LL TELL YOU. HE HAD A BIBLE, I suppose, WHILE HE WAS WRITING. I CERTAINLY PERMITTED HIM THE USE OF THE SACRED VOLUME, CAPTAIN FREER. I SHOULD HAVE JUDGED IT INCONSISTENT WITH THE CHARACTER OF MY OFFICE TO HAVE REFUSED IT TO HIM. "'Of course, and that's just where your parsons are always putting your foot in it, "'if you'd put your office into your pocket and open your eyes a bit. "'Morris! My dear Morris!' "'I beg your pardon, Meekin, says Morris, with clumsy apology. "'But I know these fellows. I've lived among them. "'I came out in a ship with them. I've talked with them and drank with them, "'and I'm down to all their moves. Don't you see?' THE BIBLE IS THE ONLY BOOK THEY GET HOLD OF, AND TEXTS ARE THE ONLY BITS OF LEARNING EVER TAUGHT THEM. AND BEING CHOCKFUL of VILLAINY AND PLOTS AND CONSPIRACIES, WHAT OTHER BOOK SHOULD THEY MAKE USE OF TO AID THEIR INFERNAL SCHEMES BUT THE ONE THAT THE chaplain HAS MADE A TEXTBOOK FOR em AND MORRIS ROSE IN DISGUST, NOT UNMIXED WITH SELF-LAUDATION. "'Dear me, it is really very terrible,' says Meekin, who was not ill-meaning, but only self-complacent. "'Very terrible, indeed.' but unhappily true said mr pounce an olive thanks upon me soul burst out honest mcnab the howl system seems to be mazed, ill calculated to advance to work o reformation mr mcnab i'll trouble you for the port said equally honest Vickers. bound hand and foot in the chains of the rules of the services and so what seemed likely to become a dangerous discussion upon convict discipline was stifled judiciously at the berth. But Sylvia, prompted, perhaps by curiosity, perhaps by a desire to modify the parson's chagrin, in passing Mr. Meekin took up the confession that lay unopened beside his wine-glass and bore it off. "'Come, Mr. Meekin," said Vickers, when the door closed behind the ladies. "'Help yourself. I am sorry the letter turned out so strangely. But you may rely on Freer, I assure you.' He knows more about convicts than any man on the island. I see, Captain Freet, that you have studied the criminal classes. So I have, my dear sir, and know every turn and twist among them. I tell you my maxim. It's some French fellows too, I believe, but that don't matter. Divide to conquer, said all the dogs spying on each other. Oh, said Meekin, it's the only way. Why, my dear sir, if the prisoners were as faithful to each other as we are, we couldn't hold the island a week. It's just because no man can trust his neighbour that every mutiny falls to the ground. I suppose it must be so, said poor Meakin. It is so, and by George, sir, if I had my way, I'd have it so that no prisoner should say a word to his right-hand man, but his left-hand man should tell me of it. I'd promote the men that peached, "'and make the beggars their own warders, Ha-ha!' "'But such a course, Captain Freer, "'though perhaps useful in a certain way, "'would surely produce harm. "'It would excite the worst passions of our fallen nature "'and lead to endless lying and tyranny. "'I'm sure it would.' "'Wait a bit,' cries Freer. "'Perhaps one of these days I'll get a chance, "'and then I'll try it.' "'Convicts! "'By the Lord Harry, sir, there's only one way to treat them.' Give em tobacco when they behave themselves, and flog em when they don't. Terrible, said the clergyman with a shudder. You speak of them as if they were wild beasts. So they are, said Morris Freer calmly. End of section 38